my name is Sean. I'm one of the pastors here. I have the great privilege of speaking tonight and sharing my heart with you guys. Pastor Tim wanted me to make sure you guys knew this Sunday he's going to be back in the pulpit. Uh, we're in week three of Pray for a Change. How many of you guys have been enjoying that series? Hasn't that been good? Really, really good. Well, I got some great things I want to share with you guys tonight, but let's just uh, start out tonight with some prayer before we jump into tonight's message. God, thank you so much again for bringing us here. We're here because we want to be. We're not uh, here because we're forced to be. We're here because we want to be, and we want to be able to worship you. We want to be able to lift up the name, your name, the name of Jesus, and we want to be able to listen up. And as we have opportunity to do that tonight, as we have opportunity to open up our hearts, open up our minds to be able to hear your word, that God, tonight, you're going to help us not to just hear it, not to just get head knowledge, but God, you're going to help us to get that knowledge from our, our head to our thoughts, from our mind to our heart. And that God, we'll leave this place and we'll be able to do something with that. God, I thank you for, uh, thank you for this night, that lives will be changed and people's um, hearts will be touched. In Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen. 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 And hey, if you did forget... Uh, Not only will Pastor Tim be back on Sunday, but this Sunday is Mother's Day. If you didn't know, it's a good thing for you to remember. Mother's Day is this Sunday, May 11th. In case you cared, it's also my daughter's birthday. She'll be nine. My little daughter, Ella, she's so sweet. Um, Well, hey, I I am excited to be able to share some stuff with you guys. I get to share my heart with you guys tonight. Uh, We're in this idea, this, this, um, this season of what we believe. And as Pastor Tim and I were talking a little bit today, he said, hey, why don't you share what we believe about small groups? What does that really look like for our church? And that being something that we're really, um, we're really in, we're really vested into, we're really believing in. And I think as a church, it's really important for us to understand why we believe in small groups, why we believe and why we talk about this, why we have, you know, the groups hub in the hall, why we, we talk about it from the stage. It's one of our core beliefs and one of the things that we really believe in. And so I get a chance to share one of my passions with you guys. It's always fun for me to be able to do. And um, as we jump into this, there's three things that our pastor has taught us. Um, the three elements of our lives that every Christian needs to have active in our lives, and that's this. The first one is that we need to be all alone. We need to have this idea of all alone with God, right? This personal time with God, this connection with God. Uh, if that's for you, if that's in the morning, if that for you is in the evening, if that for you is just consistently throughout the day, whatever that looks like for you, you have to make time. We have to schedule time. In fact, sometimes we have to fight for time. You guys know what I'm talking about? We get busy. We're going from point A to point B. We have a lot going on. The kids are going crazy. Jobs here. Our phones are going uh, crazy. Someone's texting us. Someone's emailing us. Someone's tweeting us. There's something on Instagram. There's Facebook. If you're really, really old school, there's MySpace. Things are really going on, happening. <laughs> Things are happening. They're, they're going on and they're, they're, they're going crazy. But we have to make time. And we have to be intentional for what's really important, right? There's important things and there's more important. And I believe that time with God is part of that more important. And then we have this idea of all together. This idea of all together. And that's what you guys are doing right now. That's our, that's our church time. We believe here that church days affect the rest of our days. We believe that. Now, that can't just be something that's nice to say. That's something that we have to really believe in. And so we have that. We, we, we want to be able to come here to worship God, lift up the name of Jesus. And then this third element I think is really important and we, we teach here is that we're together. That we can do life together. And that is, these three things are really so important for us. And this idea of doing life together, that we, we accomplish that through our groups. We accomplish that by getting out of our rows and into circles. And that's a big part. And that's what we're going to share a little bit about tonight. Um, but these three things, really, they all, you know, we're talking about them individually, but really they all work together. 
They all kind of happen together. At church, we're promoting, hey, do life together. Be in a small group. Do alone time with God together. In our small groups, we're promoting, hey, get to church on Sunday. Hey, be part of growth track. Hey, connect in vol- volunteering and being part of a team. Um, hey, do, do those things. Uh, and, and then in our alone time, and God is telling us, hey, get to church. Hey, get in the small groups and things that we're, we're reading. So these three things, they kind of work all together, all happening together, our all alone time or all together time and our together time. All right. Um, I believe that people come to church for all different reasons. Maybe you're here tonight because someone invited you. Maybe you're here tonight because you live in Carlton Arms and you're like, hey, I'll check out that church. And you came over. Maybe tonight you, you came passing by or you watched us online. Maybe you're watching us online right now. Hey, this is your invitation to join us on Sunday. Um, but for whatever reason you, you came, maybe you came for the teaching. We have great teaching. Maybe for the worship. We have amazing worship. Maybe you came for our youth areas or our children's areas. For whatever reason that you came, you're here. Amen. And I'm glad that you're here. But I believe that for whatever reason that you came to church, there's one main reason that people stay in church, and that is because of relationships. I believe people stay in church because of relationships. They come for all different kinds of reasons, but they stay in church for relationships. We believe here that life change happens through relationships. We really do believe that. And so I'm going to jump into some scripture. We're going to look at some things in Acts chapter 2. So go ahead and flip over to Acts chapter 2 if you have your Bible with you. If you don't, it'll be up here on the screen. But this is going to be the early church model. This is right after Jesus. And we, just, we just celebrated Easter. Uh, he, Jesus was um, crucified. He was buried. He rose again that third day. Is now seated at the right hand of the Father. Um, and this is what the early church did. This is the response the early church did to what Jesus dis- did for us. And it says right here in Acts chapter 2, verse 42, it says, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together, and they had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God, enjoying the favor of all the people. All the people. What is going on here? People are doing life together. That's really what's going on. They're, they're helping each other. They're encouraging each other. They're eating together. They're, they're, they're having this kind of life together. Now, here's the result. We continue to read. The result is this. It's life change. There's life change that happens here because then the Lord added to um, their number daily those who were being saved. So life change is happening. People are being saved. Why? Because of the idea of people being together, coming to the temple courts, going to their homes, doing life together. Isn't that awesome? Man, that's a great result. People's lives being changed. So that's our model for what our church, what church should look like as this Acts chapter 2 idea and model. So let's jump over to Mark chapter 2. You're going to go left there. Uh, It's the second book of the New Testament, Mark chapter 2. We're going to kind of spend a little bit of time here in Mark chapter 2. Really cool passage of scripture. Um, Maybe you've heard this before. Maybe you've seen it in children's church on the flannel graph. You guys know what I'm talking about. But maybe you've kind of of had that around a little bit. But I want you to kind of hear this with new ears tonight, with a new heart tonight, because I really think God wants to show us some things here. In Mark chapter 2, in verse 1, it says this. A few days later... When Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. They gathered in such large number that there was no room left, not even outside the door, and he preached the word to them. 
So we already know this by reading the scriptures, by, by hearing some of these things that Jesus did. Wherever Jesus went, man, there was a huge crowd that followed, right? So wherever Jesus was, man, people were all over trying to hear what uh, uh, he was going to say. So let's go on and read in verse 3. Some men came bringing to him a paralyzed man carried by four of them. Since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it and then lowered the mat the man was laying on. Really cool story. But let's just look at a little bit. I really like these guys. There's these four guys and they carried a paralyzed man. Now, in this time, in, in these biblical times, these guys, they would, they would labor in the field. They, they were carpenters. They were doing whatever they could do to provide for their family. They were building homes. Uh, they were working really hard. These guys were strong. They, they, they were active. And uh, I, I look at this, and I, and I think about that, and I could just imagine to myself that these guys who are plowing the field, that maybe one of these guys could have carried this paralyzed man by himself. Maybe it would have taken him some while, may, taken him a while. Maybe they could have done it. But I love how the, the, the story goes on and says that four of them, not one, but four, they did life together to help somebody. They, they did life together. They, they were in this together. They, hey, hey, why don't you, hey, can you help me? I got this crazy idea. Why don't, we're going to bring, we're going to bring our friend. We're going to take him in. And, and they gathered these four guys together to help, not one, but four. And I love these guys too, because they cared enough to get involved, didn't they? They cared enough to get involved. They had a selfless kind of heart. It wasn't just about them. Um, they weren't really worried about their seat uh, to hear Jesus. They really weren't worried about jockeying for position in the house to get the best place to stand, to, to see and to hear. They were more concerned about their friend they actually, than they were about getting their seat to see and to hear Jesus. And I love that kind of heart. And I think that's a model of a heart for us. And this passage of scripture, these first four verses, and there's so much in here, but just the idea that this, that I wanted to kind of jump out at us tonight is that I believe scripture is showing us that it's, that God uses people to help people. I really believe that. He uses us, that we're here for a purpose, that there's people sitting around you, not to just be in a room together, but hey, we're to help each other. We're to be a strength for each other. We'll, we're to, to do what Jesus wants us to do, and that's for people to help people. And so we're going to look at this idea of people helping people and, and doing life together in this Acts chapter 2 um, model of what the early church was like. But sometimes when you're studying something, this is good for you to even do on your own when you're studying the scriptures. But sometimes when you're studying something, it's kind of good to see what the, the very opposite of that is. So you can kind of see what that is so to know what you don't want, to know kind of the other side of that. And we're looking at the idea of together tonight. We're looking at this idea of together, that we're better together. So the very opposite of the idea of together would be maybe alone. So if you have together over here, maybe you have alone, maybe the idea of loneliness, maybe the idea of isolation, okay? So we have these two different, we have these two different extremes, these two different sides. But um, I want to share a little bit. I want to kind of dig in a little bit. Um, this is going to get a little real for us because we're going to hit some emotions. Um, but this is real life, and this is some things that are, are we really believe through our small groups that are really important. But this thought of isolation is this. Isolation separates you from others. So it's the very opposite. It separates you from others. It causes you to have thoughts like this. No one cares about me. It'll never change. It's not worth fighting for. No one understands me. I'm the only broken one here. 
You ever walk into a place before and you're like, man, I'm the only messed up one here. You know, everybody else seems like they got everything together. You guys tonight, you're all dressed nice. I uh, look like, you know, you're, you're presented well and you come into church and you got our smiles on. But we're going through life, you know, and, and, and we get that feeling sometimes when we have that thought of isolation that we're the only broken one. They're the only one maybe going through stuff. Maybe you feel when you're isolated that you don't feel loved, that you feel all alone. And I did a little bit of research, not just on the emotional side of isolation and what that can do, but there's actually a physical side of what isolation does and the loneliness does and being alone does. So listen to this. this is, it's kind of heartbreaking. Listen, the health consequences of loneliness, depression and suicide, cardiovascular disease and stroke, increased stress levels, decreased memory and learning, antisocial behavior, poor decision-making, alcoholism, and drug abuse, the progression of Alzheimer's disease, altered brain function. Listen, the other part of the study goes on and says this, loneliness, according to many experts, is not necessarily about being alone. Listen to this. Instead, it is the perception of being alone. In isolation, that matters most. See, it's not just the matter of being alone. It's the perception of being alone. You know, there's uh, very successful businessmen and women um, who have built corporations and companies that have thousands and thousands, tens of thousands of people working for them and they're around people. But just because they have people around them doesn't mean that they're not alone. It's the perception. You could be the most popular person in the room and feel alone. You could have a, a thousand friends on Facebook and feel alone. It's the perception of being alone. And it's not necessarily maybe the view, but it's the perception. And sometimes, you know, we may seem like things are okay. We may seem that we're okay right where we are in life, but it's the perception of feeling alone that can be dangerous. And I I believe that isolation, I believe the idea of being alone, I believe the idea of loneliness is a very tactical move of the devil. It's very tactical. If he can get you by yourself, if he can get you all alone, if he can get you even have the perception that you're all alone, if he can just get the negative thought in your mind that, hey, you're all alone. I know you got everything else going on around you. I know this is going really good for you. I know that's going really good for you. But really, you're just alone. It's a very tactical move by him. Why? Because we know that it says in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, to be alert and be of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. That's his job. And you've seen National Geographic. I, I, you know, we've all been there, right? The, the, the lion goes after what? The one in the group? No, he goes after the one all by himself. All by himself. And if the devil can get us thinking in our mind all by ourselves, if he can get us positionally all by ourselves, then man, he, he's, he's looking for us to be by ourselves, looking for opportunity to devour. And I don't know about you, but for me and my family, for me in this church, that won't happen. We're going to fight to make that sure that that does not happen. Listen to these two things that I found. From, this is first one's from Max Licato, and he's talking about our society. Listen to what he says. Call us a fast society and an efficient society, but don't call us a personal society. Our society is set up for isolation. We wear earbuds when we exercise. Oh no. That's just reality. We communicate via email and text messages. 
We enter and exit our house with gates and garage door openers, right? Our mantra is, I leave you alone, you leave me alone. It's the unspoken. You know, that's an unspoken maybe reality sometimes. It's like, hey, I'll leave you alone, you leave me alone, and everything will be okay. When reality, church, that is the tactical move of the devil to try to separate us, try to isolate us from the people around us. God uses people to help people. And there's hurting people in our world. And let's just be real, there's hurting people even in this room. Although we kind of look like everything's all right. But there's hurting people in this room. And God uses people to help people. And if we're just, hey, you leave me alone, I'll leave you alone, and everything will be okay. Well, really, it won't. You maybe can get by for a little bit, but we need each other. All right? So listen to this. Henry Cloud, uh, you guys may have heard of him before. He said this, virtually every emotional and psychological problem. This is good. Listen. From addictions to depression has alienation or emotional isolation at its core or close to it. Recovery from these problems involves helping people get more connected to each other at deeper and healthier levels than they are. That's the opposite of, of what we just read. You know, of our mantra, leave me alone, I'll leave you alone. No, it's, it's hey, we need to be together. We need to have this kind of idea together. We're made to need each other. That's what God designed us for. He made us to live close in community. Uh, he made us to live out our faith in relationships to each other. He made us to receive grace and forgiveness from him, but healing from each other and strength from each other. Listen to what it says in, in James chapter 5, verse 16 of the Amplified Bible. Great verse. It says, confess to one another. Therefore, your faults, listen to this, your slips, your false steps, your offenses, your sins. And pray also for one another that you may be healed and restored to a spiritual tone of mind and heart. That's what happens in that one another. Now, now, now don't get all, don't get all, well, I'm never joining a group then. <laughs> uh, if that's what's going to be going on. Well, that happens through relationship. Our, our groups aren't set up where we just kind of get together and be like, all right, you tell me everything going bad in your life and I'll tell you everything bad in mine. No, that's not what our groups are about. Our groups are about relationship. And life change happens not in one meeting. Life change happens in relationship. And so don't, you know, that, that, that's one of the things that I think can maybe turn people off from small groups is that, well, people are going to know my business. Well, listen, people are only going to know your business if you say something about it. And so, but when you say something, there's this kind of, there, there's, this, uh, there's this idea within our small groups of that confidentiality that we're not, we're not there to hear and to share. We're here and to help and to be a help for each other, be a strength for each other. And so don't be, don't be discouraged because you hear life change happen, happens here that we can uh, help each other at our faults, our slip-ups. Listen. We all slip up. Listen, I got issues. You got issues. We got issues. We, we all got issues. We all got stuff that we're dealing with. But man, it's the, it's the principle of God to do this life together that we can help each other and help heal and restore each other in our mind and our heart. God uses people to help people. He does. I really believe it. Now, we kind of took a little side journey here to talk about this idea of isolation. Remember, we went from we went from really what we're talking about being together to this other idea of isolation to kind of see the differences here. But I, 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 before I kind of move on, I really want to make sure we're all on the same track with this because I do believe this is something that people deal with a lot. We, we see it a lot. This idea of feeling alone, even the perception of feeling alone. Um, and I, I want you to know tonight, and, and Pastor Tim does a very great job teaching us this, that we are never alone and we are never without help. 
We're never alone. So you may feel alone, but let me tell you, church, we are not alone. And, and, and God really does a great job, too, of sharing some scriptures with us. And so I think it's very important, before I move on, that I let you know this and you get these scriptures. And if, if you're uh, taking notes, write these down. If you put them in your, um, your phone or whatever you need to do to get these in your heart. So that way, when you do feel alone, or listen, when you know someone around you that feels alone, that you can share this with them. Uh, Isaiah chapter 41, verse 10, it says, So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you, and I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Isn't that powerful? Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 6, it says, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. I will uphold you with my, oh, excuse me. (laughs) He will never leave you or forsake you. My eyes wandered. You don't, you have to know that the Lord goes with you. He will never leave you or forsake you. In Psalms 46, one says, for uh, God is your refuge and strength. Listen, God is your refuge and strength. A very present, not absent. He's a very present help in the time of trouble. Again, you are never alone and you are never without help. All right. So I think that was really important for us to make sure that we knew, make sure you guys write those down for yourself, for someone around you. Remember, God uses people to help people. Let's jump back to Mark. Okay. Mark chapter two. Um, We're going to look here in verse four, Mark chapter two, verse four. We're going to kind of jump in back into this. It says this, since they could not get to Jesus because of the crowd, because of the crowd, Remember the, in the house and the crowd is smack dab, just filled the place up. And we got these four guys trying to help their paralyzed friend get to Jesus. They couldn't get to Jesus because of the crowd. And I, I don't know about you, but I never want myself to just be part of the crowd. To just be, be part of the crowd. Maybe holding people back from seeing Jesus, from getting to Jesus. That's not the kind of church that we are either. We want to connect people to Jesus. It's not about just a seat that we can sit in. It's not about just what we can get for ourselves. It's about what we can let God do in us so that we can give to others. And just a real quick side note there. I don't want to be part of the crowd. Since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it and lowered the mat the man was lying on. They did what? They dug a hole in the roof. They tore the roof apart. Uh, that doesn't go over well. That wouldn't go over well in my house. Uh, I, I know it wouldn't go over well in your house. They, they tore the roof apart. And they couldn't get to Jesus, so they kind of had this powwow together. Hey, I don't know. What do you want to do? I don't know. What do you want to do? And the one guy said, let's rip a hole in the roof. And they, they went for it. They, they, they went there, and they, they did that. And I think that's pretty cool that they went to different extremes because they knew what they needed to do. And this idea, too, of these guys just kind of ripping this, this hole in this place, um, you know, in this roof, you have to understand that these aren't, this isn't a, a shingled 30-year architectural roof kind of going on here. No, this is roof made out of mud, straw, manure, whatever they could find to kind of make the, and, and close in to, to kind of give a safety element there from the, from the elements, whatever they could find. So these guys got up on the roof, and they started working. They started ripping this place apart. Not only was it work, it was dirty. It was, it was physically work. It was physical work and it was dirty. Listen, church, I'm just going to be honest with you. I'm the small group pastor here and I'm just going to be real. I'm trying to be real with you guys tonight. Sometimes relationships are work. Sometimes it's a little dirty too. 
Sometimes it takes a little bit extra effort. Sometimes it's a little bit of effort to, to deal with different situations, to deal with people's personalities. And sometimes it's a little extra work. But let me tell you, the work, uh, the, 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 the life change way outweighs the work. So, and I'll just be real. I'm the small group pastor. Me and my wife opened up our home to do a small group. We have two kids. We have two dogs. And we have a cat, a very large cat. We call her Fat Cat. Her name really is Lulu, but we don't call her that. We just call her Fat Cat. We open up our home. It's work to clean my house. It's work to, to prepare things. It's work to do, do all that stuff. But let me tell you, the life change that happens through relationship of doing life together way outweighs that. It way outweighs that for the impact of people's lives. But sometimes relationships can be work. And I love this idea, too, about this roof. And uh, these guys, they were stumped here for a second. Man, uh, we're, I don't, we can't get in. You know, we're here. We traveled all this way, and then we can't get in. They were stumped for a second. But they didn't let them, we didn't, they didn't let that limit what they know they should have done. And I think sometimes for us, if we can just be real, that sometimes the roof limits us. You know, sometimes we're limited by, you know, you know we, we don't see a way. It's not, not working or, you know, uh, we can't get in. But sometimes we just got to rip the roof off. Sometimes we just have to go for it to tap into the potential, the things that God really wants us to do. Sometimes we got to just gotta take a step. Sometimes we got to make some effort. Sometimes we have to do some of those things. And, and, you know, we allow our circumstances sometimes to dictate that when really we should allow God's spirit inside of us to dictate that. You know, we, we, we allow time. We allow uh, uh, different excuses like I don't have enough time or I don't know enough. Uh, we let fear kind of sneak in there sometimes of, hey, no one, I can't be a small group leader. No one's going to show up. Man, every small group leader feels like that. <laughs> every small group leader I meet with, you know, their first biggest fear is, man, I don't know if anybody's going to even come. And I said, who cares? We're just going to do it anyway. Let's just take a step and see what happens. You know, it's like sometimes we just have to do things. We have to get out there and maybe do things a little bit afraid. Sometimes the, the roof that's holding us back is insecurity. Sometimes it's the I can't. I can't lead a group. I can't do this. I can't do that. But let me tell you, it's not about us. It's not about Sean. It's not about you. It's not about my strength. It's not about my abilities, but it's Christ in me. And that's why I love Philippians 4.13. This should be in your heart, in your mind. It should always be there. I love how it breaks it down in the Amplified Bible. It says this, I have strength for all things, not because of Sean. It's because of Christ who empowers me. I am all I am ready for anything and equal to anything through him who does what? He infuses inner strength into me. My strength doesn't come from me or from things around me. My strength comes from God who infuses that inner strength in me. I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. It's not about me. It's, it's about Christ in me. Those, those times where, uh, you know, different uh, opportunities I have to talk to different group leaders, even myself, that sometimes, man, you know, it might be hard. It might be work. It might be a hard situation that you're dealing with, with uh, things that are going on. But man, it's that element of Christ being in us. It's that element of Christ infusing that inner strength and asking him for that strength because we know the end result is powerful because God uses people to help people and even people around us. You don't have to wait to be in a small group for God to use you to help somebody. God uses people just around us. Anywhere we go, any opportunity that we have to be where we are in our world, where, where is your world? Maybe at work, at home, in church, in the parking lot, at the grocery store. In your world, God wants to use you to help others around you. I think that's really important for us to know. 
Let's jump back to Mark chapter 2. Here's the result. This is, this is what happened from all of this. All that we've just have seen, these guys stepping out, these guys, uh, all the work that they did, ripping the roof apart. We see this. Jesus said to them, stand up, pick up your mat and go home. And the man jumps up, grabbed his mat, and with a little bit of swag, walked out and, and the stunned onlookers seeing what's going on. Man, he was like, Man, he, he came down to the roof, but out the front door, you know, through the crowd. You know, I mean, that's something cool. Man, he had, there was something there. Something going on. Here's the result. They were all amazed and praised God. Who was? Everybody. Everybody that saw what was going on here. The four guys, amazed. The guy who was paralyzed and now is walking out the front door, amazed. And praised God, exclaiming, we have never seen anything like this before life change happening life change going on and I, and I could just imagine Jesus you know after all this has kind of gone on and maybe he, he didn't he didn't say this we don't have according this the scripture but just maybe my thought process a little bit thinking to himself finally somebody gets it Amen. somebody gets it that, yeah, this is great. I'm, uh, you know, I'm so glad I got to share this, this, these things, these powerful principles with all these people. But it was those four guys that, man, life change happened. These guys got it. These guys weren't afraid to take a step. These guys weren't afraid to get their hands dirty, to do a little bit of work. And, man, that is what it's all about. And I could just imagine Jesus saying, man, that's cool. Somebody gets it. Life change happens through relationship. Let's check out this passage in Ecclesiastes chapter 4. Uh, Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 9, it says this, Two are better than one. Two are better than one. Because they have a good return for their labor, if either of them falls down, one can help the other up. Hey, let's just be real. We're going to fall. We're going to fall. But if either of them falls down, the other one can help them up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help up, help them up. Also, If two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Though one may may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. Listen to what the message paraphrase says in verse 12. It says, by yourself, you're unprotected. With a friend, you can face the worst. Can you round up a third? Can we get a third? A three-stranded rope isn't easily snapped. Man, isn't that powerful? Two are better than one. Hey, within, within small groups, within the idea of doing life together, let me share just a few things that happen. We're stronger. We, there's a strength on the inside of us. We can get some things done. Prayer happens when we're together. The Bible says we're two or more, uh, you know, two agree together. He is there in the midst of them. Man, you know, we're talking about pray for a change. Man, to get together and pray together with other people, there is power in prayer. We believe our future is paved in prayer. Doing life together, in small groups together, man, accountability happens. That idea of accountability, Proverbs 27, 27, that iron sharpens iron. It happens in small groups doing life together. Um, You know, sometimes in our lives, we need someone to kind of look out for us. Sometimes in our lives, we can get this kind of tunnel vision, and then we start drifting, drifting over here to the ditch somewhere, and we need someone to kind of look at us and say, hey, what you doing? You need to get back in the road. 
You need to get back over here. Sometimes we've got to have somebody, you've, you've been in conversations before with people, and you're talking to them, and it's after lunch, and you're having this conversation, and you're talking, and then it's their turn to talk, and they start talking, and they got like a big chunk of broccoli sticking in their teeth. It's like, you need to have somebody in your life that says, hey, you got something in your teeth. You know? That's always awkward. Like, do you say something or not say something? Do you let them figure it out on their own? It's awkward. But hey, in, in relationship and doing life together, we've got to have people around us that are looking out for us. We've got to have that. And that happens by doing life together. That happens through relationship. We've got to have it. You may fall, but the other person's there to help you up. We're, we're better together. It happens through accountability. Two are better than one. Man, we get to care for each other. We get to care for each other through crisis. Care for each other through celebration. I love hearing reports just in our small groups of uh, maybe somebody in a group going to the hospital. There was a report just a couple weeks ago that one of the guys in one of our small groups, he went to the hospital. And uh, it was really neat to to see that uh, they're guys that they normally meet during their small group, that instead of meeting at their normal location, they were in the hospital meeting with the gentleman who was in the hospital. And that's, that's life together. You know, and it wasn't um, maybe the, the first response to the church or to a pastor. It was to a small group leader. It was to a small group member. It was to somebody that was doing life together. And in our small groups, we celebrate together and we care for each other through crisis together. And that's powerful. Two are better than one. John chapter 13, verse 34, begin to wrap this up. A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. So what's the result here? God God says, hey, love one another because I have loved you. Here's the result. By this, by what? By us loving each other, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. People helping people. We're, we're, We're there to help each other. For us to love each other. Listen, the church should be an example of God's love for each other. That's what the church should be. We should be that for each other. And I want to encourage you, hey, maybe you're not there. You don't want to, you know, lead a group or even be in a, be in a small group. But hey, maybe your section right now is your small group. Maybe the same people that you sit by every Sunday, every Wednesday, maybe that's your small group. Maybe you just need to, you know, start turning your chairs around and meeting together in a circle, you know, right here during service. No, don't do that. I'll get in trouble. But, but maybe there's some people around you need to start connecting to, you know, um, you know, especially on Wednesday nights when we have a little extra time, you know, before and even afterwards. Man, I encourage you, don't make a beeline right to your car. You know, spend an extra five or ten minutes. Meet the people around you. Let's find out who each other really are. Maybe let's start, a, uh, let's start some conversation to build relationship. It's what it's really all about. You know, we can come together and we can get that head knowledge and we can learn these things. But man, in this building, in our community of Meadowbrook, our family, man, we should get to know each other. And we're seeing, you know, this, this last semester we had over 1,500 people involved in small groups. That's huge. That's awesome. And we're seeing that kind of going on and we're seeing that happen. But man, and there's even greater things that God wants us to do. And I believe that there's some of you guys that God is, you know, really encouraging. And you've been, you know, even on the inside of you, like, man, there's something on the inside of me. There's some potential that God has planted in your heart. There's some things that God really wants you to do. Maybe to step up and be a small group leader and find out what that looks like. There's some of you guys that you just need to step out and, and, and join a small group. Maybe you're in that point and you're feeling alone. Maybe you don't know anybody here. Maybe in your life right now, you need that kind of camaraderie. Listen, we all need it. Pastors included. We need it. We can do life alone, but man, it's way better to do life together. It's instruction from God's word. So that's where the life change is happening. 
By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Listen to this quote as we wrap this up. Live in such a way that those who know you but don't know God will come to know God because they know you. Read it one more time. Live in such a way that those who know you but don't know God will come to know God because they know you. Church, God uses people to help people. What does that look like for you? What does that, what does that mean for you? Maybe you're like, hey, I got, everything's cool with me. Um, you know, I've, I've got all the pieces kind of put together. Um, if you do, then I'd love to kind of talk to you and meet you after. I'll buy you a coffee. Um, you know, but maybe, maybe you're kind of like, hey, you know what? I am, I am kind of good. But maybe it's that God wants to use you to help people around you. Maybe it's that God wants to encourage you and build you up so God can help use you to help build up and encourage others around you. God uses people to help people. We talked about tonight that the all alone time, huge, important. We talked about all together time, very important. Make sure you're here Sunday as, we, as we're in week three of Pray for Change and, and Mother's Day. And uh, invite somebody to come with you. Invite a neighbor, a friend. Uh, invite somebody to come with you. But then this idea of together. And I don't know about you guys, but I want to see what God wants to do in our lives together. We're stronger together. We're better together.